friends forever, that's what we are. Through the thick and the thin, where friendship stars. We're banger main buddies from the days of old. We laugh, crying, hug, friendship solid as gold. My soul could whatever started a year ago. We share our stories and your stories were told. 80s, 90s memories that give us glee. And on the block party shows, NKOTV. Now our friendship circle has grown by far. Hashtag friends forever, that's what we all are. Boom. And if you don't know, now you know. My soul called whatever for life. Hashtag MSCW. Hashtag friends forever. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah. Um, we're going to get a big storm. We are getting a big storm. You guys. Big storm. So I. It's a brewing. It is. I just went through McDonald's to get a Diet Coke. Yeah. Because the large Diet Coke is a dollar. Hello. Yeah. Um, I'm not a fool. No. And they had signs on the windows that said we're going to be closed on Sunday. Wow. McDonald's never closes, especially no, that doesn't. one. It's like 24 7. Wow. So I thought that's a big storm if they're closing. Yeah, we're going to go to Walmart and stuff after we're done. Ugh. It was a zoo. Get our bread out there. and milk. Loaf of bread, <laughs> a container of milk, and a stick of butter. It, I guess you're good with that. If anybody remembers where that's from, let me know. I don't. What it? What's it from? You don't remember that? No. From Sesame Street. A loaf of bread, a container of milk, and a stick of butter. It was like a kid. Oh, are they it was making like an animation? Were they making cookies? Nope. It was like an animation thing, like a little cartoon clip. Oh, were they making cookies with bread? No. <laughs> no. Um, and his mother gave him like a coin and sent him to the store. Yes. Okay. Could have yes, been a yes, little yes, girl. yes, 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 yes. No. Yes. And said, this is what I need. And the kid on the way kept repeating, a loaf of bread, a container of milk, and a stick of butter. I can remember that now. And it was really cute. And I always remember that. So every time there's a storm and I say I have to go to the store, that pops in my mind. A loaf of bread, a container of milk, and a stick of butter. Um, I also need to go to the grocery store. I'm not going to go to Walmart. I'm going to go to Hannaford right here. Mm-hmm. And because we don't really have anything. This is like regular grocery shopping day. Yeah. So I need to get it all. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. I don't want to have to do that. But I will. I will. It'll be busy. Mm. The the bread will be sold out. Yeah. Because I don't know if you guys are not from where areas where they get big storms like this. Yeah. I don't know if that happens other places. Like It's just always the bread's gone. No bread. Like there'll be a couple random loaves that are like near expiration and like smushed. Yep. And like the milk will be cleaned out. Mm-hmm. Bread, bread more so. Yeah. But it's really wild. It I've is, always thought that was is. weird. I always thought it was weird, too. Time to stock up on the bread. I always thought, like, cereal would go. Yeah. Well, I'm going to stock up on toilet paper. Hey. You don't want to be caught without toilet paper in a storm. That's the I truth. I mean, if you think about it, I have I have two rolls left. That's so the truth. We're probably fine. Yeah. But you never know. What if somebody ate something bad? Oh. There goes one roll. Uh-oh. I mean, really? Really? <laughs> so... I got to make sure I get a package of toilet paper. That's the most important thing. Hey. And then some, probably some milk and bread. I don't need butter. We don't really That's use good. butter. Us either. But. Only when we're cooking. I'm going to get queso. Hey. 
for the game tomorrow. Hey, game tomorrow. Kansas City Chiefs against the uh, New England Patriots. Everybody's voting for Kansas City, but we know who's going to win. How you doing, Tom Brady? How you doing, Rob Gronkowski? Oh, my, my. Gronk, gronk, gronk. Oh, my. We are Patriots fans, as you can tell. We we certainly are. Through we, and through. We most certainly are. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait. I'm excited. I'm excited to be snowed in. And just watching and the game. And to watch the game. Yeah. And, like, have a crackling fire. I decided I'm going to have a fire tomorrow. Oh, I'm jealous. Isn't that nice? I'd like to have a fire. You can snowshoe over if you'd like. Oh, okay. I'll go, go grab my cross-country skis. <laughs> yes! <laughs> You'll be skiing doop, down Broadway. Doop, 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 doop. You're more than welcome to come over. That would be that would be quite amazing. But uh, Wrap up in a blanket. Wrap I just blanket. come. I just come to your house. I'm ready. <laughs> you can wear your robe. Oh, hey. <laughs> On your skis. Yes. Um, that'd be a great exercise. It would be. Probably I should wear some snow pants. Yeah. Because that'd be kind of cool with the draft if I just wore my robe. Ooh, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cold. Um, but anyway, we have a block party tonight. Yeah. We decided. Today. So this week has been a rougher week. It has. There's been a lot going on for you, Nikki, yes. personally. Yeah. And it's been really busy at work for me. And it's just been I like. I saw that. I saw on Monday that you had a really bad day. That day was one of those days. You just wanted to get up and say. F this. I quit. Yes. F this shit. <laughs> but obviously I'm not going to do that. And obviously I really actually do love my job. I just had to vent and get some stuff off my chest. And that's it. I do love my job. But we all have days like that. We all have days like that. But you've had a rough week. Yeah. Um, the, my Nan that I always talk about, she passed away last week. Nan. But God love her. She was 93 years old. She, she was. God love her. And she really... And she was active up until... I'll tell you what. This woman, at 90 years old, I swear she didn't look a day over 70. No. I hope I get... Hopefully I got some of those genes coming you to me. You absolutely did because I feel like, Here like we go. you and your sister and your, we've talked about this before too. You and your sister and your mom and Nan, you all look younger than your age. Like you all have very nice skin. Oh, thank you. And I don't know if it's like the, your features or the way you color your hair or something. I don't know. But you, you, like your mom looks very good for her age. Yeah, my mom Nan does. always looked very good for her and my age. My sister does too. Yes, she does. We get mistaken for twins. Well, that's because people are foolish. And that <laughs> and but, I get a little upset because my sister is 11 years older than me. But she looks great. She does. And she does. so do you. So. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. So, and I'm I'm reading the eulogy. So, wish yeah. me luck on that. Good luck. I got a preview. It's very nice. Yes. I'm nervous. It's a Catholic uh, mass. Yeah. I haven't been to mass in a long time. I don't even know like what they do there. It's uh like how is it different? They do well, I don't know as if we're receiving communion or not, but like the Catholics who have yeah, have gone to confession, they'll receive communion. I won't because I haven't been to confession. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, and and that might it might be different for other people, like other Catholics. But this is 
I feel like a stricter. Like this particular church or. I just that's the way I was raised. Like that's right. How how it goes. I know in like other religions, it doesn't matter. Like if there's another religions, there's no confession. So. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, it's not. Yeah. So it will it will be a nice mass and we'll see. And then we're going to have a get together afterwards. Yeah. So. Yeah. Depending on the storm, I'm I'm hoping to be there. I'm well, I'm trying to figure out how to be there. I think that'll be nice. So yeah. Brent and Brody are helping with the pall bearing. Oh. They're they're not actually doing it. They're right. just walking with Logan and Wyatt. So I think that's very nice. Yeah. I think that's nice. And Brody's got a suit. Brody that picture you <laughs> sent me of Brody in his suit. He's oh, a handsome fella. Crap. He is a handsome little fella. Nana wanted him to wear a suit because I'll tell you what we went to Burlington Coat Factory and we looked and there were no suit coats for him in his size none zero you know how many suit coats they have oh yeah they had one suit on clearance and guess what it was Brody size exactly fit like a glove it was I I couldn't believe it and it was a great price I think it was $34.99 for a Kenneth Cole reaction pinstripe suit. That right there. Bala. He's going to be putting on the Ritz. <laughs> <He's a hat. laughs> he just needs he a, needs top, a hat. top hat. And a cane. Where fashion fits. Putting on the Ritz. <laughs> that'll be that'll be fun, though. Yep. So. So, yeah. So, this week, I'm excited to do a block party. Yeah. Because, you know, it just makes me feel good. Makes me feel good inside. Gives, gives us those warm, fuzzy feelings. Um, I've been uh, messaging Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> and it's... I almost want to read them out loud. Read them. <laughs> this, the, the, these, are, these are the messages. Messages to... Unread messages to Donnie Wahlberg. Okay? We don't know if they're unread. Part one. Part one of this two-part series. No. Um, these are the kind of messages that, um, I send Donnie Wahlberg first message. I have so much love for you, Donnie Wahlberg. So much love. Heart emoji eyes, cry emoji, heart emoji eyes. (laughs) Hey, Donnie, it's me, Nikki. We are having a BH sleepover weekend next weekend in Old Orchard Beach. We would love to have you join us. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I gave him the address. (laughs) Stranger things have happened. We are here now. Hey there. Hope you're having a great day. That was on um, July 27th, 2018. Okay, August 14th. Just want to thank you for all those meaningful tweets you put out there in the universe. Your positive words of affirmation and strength have helped me through a trying time. You've helped me realize I have the strength within to get through this. (laughs) Brooke's laughing at me. The next day I wrote, and if the universe graces us with tickets, I will see you in New York. So this was right before the Apollo show. And guess what? Then on uh, then on um, October 1st, I wrote, can't wait to see you in New York. Let the countdown begin. Then on October 4th, I wrote, it's almost time. <laughs> <laughs> then on October 9th, I wrote, 
just want to say it was so amazing meeting you Saturday at Wahlburgers. Thank you so much for making us feel so special. Can't wait to do the podcast episode with you. The show was beyond words. I'm pretty sure my heart exploded. And then seeing you at the Today Show, my cup is overflowing. Thank you for every little thing that you do. Every October little thing 9th. he does is magic. Seriously, cannot wait for the podcast episode. October 9th. <laughs> Later that evening. <laughs> October 12th. Six more days. Oh Exclamation point. October 24th. Thank you for some of the best memories and moments I will forever remember. Remember. October 24th. November 11th. You give me life, Donnie. Just wanted you to know that when I'm in a bad place or feeling sorry for myself, your words of wisdom snap me out of it. Thank you for helping me understand that I can be, I can't be who and where I need to be until I start loving myself. It's truth. It is Hashtag true. That is true. Then I wrote, it's not easy, but the love and encouragement you pour out to us every day makes it easier. Then on, just, then I waited a whole nother month. December 1st, I wrote, thank you for the birthday wishes. You made my day. <laughs> and then I I didn't say anything until this Thursday. This Ooh, past Thursday. Wow. Yeah. It's been a while. It has been a while. And I said, thank you for doing what you do. You make my days a little bit brighter. Then I wrote yesterday. How are you doing today? Do you have a busy day planned? Looking forward to the weekend? <laughs> What the hell? <laughs> and then I wrote, I wonder if you've read these messages. And then today I wrote, I'm guessing yes, but you're super busy reading everyone else's messages too. Oh my gosh. And those, my friends, are un I don't I'm not gonna say unread messages, but un Unresponded to Unresponded to messages to Donnie Wahlberg. Thank that you. Is hilarious. And um, maybe we'll make this like a little spot that we do every once in a while. And I'll read you the other messages that I send to Donnie Wahlberg that are unresponded. So I, that makes me laugh, though. So I love it. I'll send some more. I'll send some <laughs> maybe more. Maybe I'll send some. Maybe I'll send some. Well, I can't send an H toward night because he doesn't follow me. I feel like Donnie would respond if he had enough time. Well, sure. And, and Danny, too, probably only responds when he has time. I mean. Yeah. Maybe I'll have an update. Maybe Donnie will respond. And I can be like, hey, guys, remember when I was telling you Donnie hadn't responded? He responded. He did. Hey. He sent me a thumbs up. What in the world? He sent me a wink. He sent me the blush emoji. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Are we going to start this? Are we going to start this party? Let's start the Start party. the block party. Hey. Woo-ha-hee. Let's do this. Let's uh, share. Can you hear it? I I can. On that thing? Yeah, a little bit. It's okay. Um, Let's intro. Julie intro! This is Brooke. And this is Nikki. And this is my so-called whatever. Welcome to the block party. We, we leaving out nobody. nobody. I joined you for that one. We about to get it started. It's a block party. Block party. I want you. Give me love. Give me all your love. There. Dun dun. dun. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's a block party, you guys. And we've got some hey stories yo, for hey you. Yo, hey, yo, hey, yo. Hey, 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 hey. I feel like we went on a sequence a little bit, right? Yeah, this is a little out of sequence. Yeah, this is another block party. But that's cool, because next week we'll be back with an 80s and 90s episode. That's right. Maybe. Because that's how we do. Are you listening to this for the first time? If you are, welcome to the podcast. And the block party. And in the block party, we're ha- we are happy to have you here. Absolutely. For sure. I feel very, I feel very lucky to have you here. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you. That sounded like the beginning of a commercial, like a bank commercial. Hey. We appreciate you. Schreyer Savings Bank. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to read some stories. But okay. first, this week's episode is brought to you by... Bye. Drum roll. Jenny. Jenny. Hey, Jenny. Thank you for being one of our $25 Patreon peeps. Thank you. We appreciate. We appreciate you. Schreyer Savings Bank. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you so much. We appreciate you and everything that you do and all of our Patreon peeps do. And if you want to learn how to join them and support us. Get some swag. Get some, some, get some MSCW swag oh, wait, bags. Look at. Stand by. Well, while she's grabbing that, you can head over to patreon.com slash my so called whatever. That is P A T R E O N dot com slash my so called whatever. And learn how to sign up. And there's different tiers and all that fun stuff. But, but you don't have to do that. We are a free podcast. That's right. And you can just listen. But if you are so inclined, you could also go on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and review. We would totally appreciate it. That was I'm a lot gonna, of that was a lot of paper shuffling. That was a lot of paper shuffling, but you know what? That's okay. I am I going to I think it's worth it for this. Those are amazing. Aren't those awesome? You guys, we finally got our one year bracelets. Oh, it took my that gosh. long. We had to go through a different vendor. But they're and they, so beautiful. And they got them done so fast. They're so beautiful. I love them like, so I could much. cry. They're so pretty. I love them. Ugh. They're going to look so nice on a bracelet. Yeah, they are. You guys, these this is like crazy. So cool. I love them. I'm excited to send them out. And they're like heavy. They're like... They're primo good, quality. They're good like, quality. Good quality. Yeah. I mean, they're not, it's not like you're getting like bad quality. Like platinum, but, but they're you nice. Know, they're nice. They're, so, they're a nice quality for I'll be sending those out bracelet. the next couple weeks. I am going to pull up one of the, a review, a review that we've gotten. Oh, yeah. And read it out loud. I'm very excited for this. I love reading our reviews. Sugar gave us five stars and said, so fun. Thank you for bringing me back and making me smile. Oh, thanks, Shoe Girl. Shoe Girl, thank you for making me smile. Thank you for leaving that review. That is awesome. Thank you. We appreciate you. Absolutely. All right, should I read Drew's NKOTB Lake Placid Adventure? Yes, I am so excited for this. You, here we go. I'm ready to do this. Here we go. Whoa. This is going to be awesome because I heard this story when we were standing in line at the Apollo. I'm pretty sure this is the story she told me. Oh, fun. So I don't think I heard this. So I'm excited. 
Hi, Rick and Nikki. I'm submitting a story about the NKOTB show I went to see on June 23rd, 1990 in Lake Placid, New York. My friend's mom volunteered to chaperone my friends Sharon, Nikki, Michelle, and I, and not not this Nikki, I wish, <laughs> to go to Lake Placid to see them. They were in the height of their popularity at the time, and I was crazy about the new kids. The morning of the show, we decided to go to the hotel they were staying at in town. Security was tight, but we decided to try to get a up-close glimpse of them. I remember there were a lot of limos, and my friends Sharon and Michelle snuck on their tour bus. What? What? What's the hell? Like, how do you do that? Excuse me, I, I'm just taking this bus. I, I'm supposed to be on this bus. Um, this is my bus. I swear I thought this was my bus. It looks just like mine. I swear I thought that this was my bag, too. That's my driver. I don't know whose the bag this is. No, it's not. This I thought it was mine, but I don't know who it is. No. Oh, Jordan, it's Jordan Knight's bag? I'm Who's sorry. that? I don't know who that is. I don't know who Jordan Knight is. <laughs> the, new, new, new children? New, new children? On the street? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know who they are. No. This is my bus. <laughs> I, being a rule-abiding kid at the time, was too chicken to get on the bus. We ended up sticking by the main entrance to the hotel because that's where all the security action was, and we could hear on their radios where security was needed. So we knew where the guys were. I heard, send someone to door three on the radio, and I ran to door three <laughs> to wait to see who was coming. I was in front of the anxiously... I was in fr- I was in front anxiously awaiting the emergence of a new kid. I saw camera lights flashing down the hallway. I was beside myself. All of a sudden, out the door comes Jordan Knight holding a hanger with a coat on it. I totally lost it. I screamed, I cried, and I peed my pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Drew. Jordan looked at me and jumped into a van. I was humiliated. I had to explain to my friends why my pants were wet, and I was so embarrassed that I was a 15-year-old and peed my pants. Wait, she actually peed her pants? Yes, she did. Like, she truly peed her pants. Yes, she did. Oh, true. She peed her pants. She was so excited. I think I might pee my pants. Like, I didn't know that that really happened. Like, when someone says, I'm going to pee my pants, like, I'm so excited. Like That's that never really happened happens. to you? never peed my pants from being excited. Well, no, I've almost peed my pants. I peed my pants from having to pee. I've I've almost peed my pants when, remember how when at work, Steve thought it was funny to like frighten me? Like he'd hide behind doors and in trash cans and stuff. Yeah, but. Like I legit almost peed my pants once because it like startled me and then I had to run to the bathroom. I've never had that happen. Yeah. I just learned something today. Well, I had to pee. Like you had to pee anyway. Yeah. And that just like took, like it knocked like, it out of you. It just like. I've laughed so hard I've peed. See, I've never, that's never happened to me. That has happened to me. But I could see how it could happen. Yeah. Poor Drew. Poor Drew. Were they jeans? Because that sucks. The worst part of it was we were not going back to the hotel, which was outside of Lake Placid. <sighs> we were going straight to the show. I washed myself up and let myself dry until the until the show. The show was amazing. We had seventh row. I couldn't believe how close I was to them. I'll never forget how special that was. After the show, we decided to go back to the hotel and get another glimpse. Donnie was on the balcony talking to fans. I was getting pushed in the bushes by a mob of fans. Donnie was throwing out towels, shirts, even toilet paper for the annoying fans below. Toilet paper. Hey. 
At one point, Donnie noticed I was getting pushed into the bushes and called out, hey, you, girl getting pushed into the bushes, this one's for you. (laughs) (laughs) The crowd started making a path to me. Could he actually have been pointing to me? He threw a towel. Some other girl took it, but I managed to get some of the strings. It was so special. My parents and siblings picked on me for years about the strings I had from the towel and the piece of toilet paper I managed to snag. I feel bad that another girl got it. Yeah, that's not fair. He was pointing to you. You. That was your towel. Hey, you, Drew. You getting pushed in the bushes. She could still be using that towel today. This one's for you. This one's for you. Drew. Ding, 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 ding. Ticka, 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 ding. Isn't that from Millie Vanilli? Ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. I don't know. I didn't really like Millie Vanilli. Baby, don't be shy when I'm holding your hand. <laughs> Because the time goes by, you got to understand it's true. Can I dance with you? Yeah, I don't. I'm not familiar with that song. Okay, but apparently you are. I, I don't, I'm gonna take your word for it. I don't know if those are the words or not, but oh, hey. they sounded pretty good to me. My friends met Dick Scott, their tour manager at the time. Sharon told us that we had been invited to the meet and greet the next morning at the hotel. She said we had to be there at 10. I kept asking her if she was sure it was at 10 because I thought someone had said it was earlier. We got there at 10 the next day and they had left already. We completely missed the meet and greet. I never forgave Sharon for that. Overall, it was a weekend that I'll never forget. My friends made a pact to write it in our graduation yearbook dedication section. We all put the date to remember that weekend forever. Those memories were so special to me as my friends Sharon and Michelle both have since passed away. Oh, it gives me such nostalgia for my 15-year-old self, pissy pants and all. <laughs> I'm a blockhead till death. Thanks for the opportunity to take a trip down memory lane. Oh, Drew. Drew, I'm, we love you so much. I love you. I get to see Drew. I'm jealous. Yay! I get to see Drew and I get to see Jess. <sighs> I know. My two 70s night buds. <laughs> They are so cool. I love them so much. We had so much fun on 70s night. Oh my word. 70s night was a ride. I hope and that nobody so has fun. any video of me. It was so fun. I have the video. I have video of you. Stop it. Yeah, of course I do. Have I seen it? Probably not. Okay, good. <laughs> it's right here. Well, what is it? I don't know. Am I dancing? Oh, I'm sure. Let's, let's take a little glimpse. Oh, great. Here we go. I do have to apologize, too. If you guys hear any sniffling, I definitely have a cold. I'm and definitely coming down with something again. So I apologize in advance. I totally was just sniffling, too. So tis what it is. All right. 70s night. Where are you? You are not far in this video. You can't be far in this video. That's my arm, isn't it? It just went up. I think I'm beside you. Oh, yeah, that's you right there. Can we go back? This is when Joe was underneath the the tiki bar. And they were playing Don't Stop Believing. Yeah, I think this was the tequila bar. That's definitely me. Yeah, that's you, because that's your point. there's a picture of me when I'm like this that Carmen took. Yes, I like that picture. Right, during this part. Yeah. Yeah, there's Carmen taking pictures right there. <laughs> so, this is a long video. I videoed that for five minutes. That's amazing. You should put that on YouTube. Somebody might be looking for that video. 
Oh, I want to go back to the cruise. I've been thinking about that a lot. Me too. Like the last couple days. Me too. Yep. I'm ready for ready for it. Well, okay, so they I mean, I don't want to we don't I don't we don't have to talk too much about this. Okay. But they announced this last cruise, the 10th cruise on the 9th cruise. Yeah. But they didn't really post much else about it until it was like end of January. Right. So who knows? Maybe. Who knows? End of January, January 30th. Who knows? They come and say, Cruise 11. There's a cruise. Cruise 11. Are we going? I'm going. I'm there. Like, I'm, I am there. I'm, if I have to move mountains, I have to be there. And the only thing that would suck is if it's like, well, I mean, a deposit isn't too much to handle. No. It's the, it's the whole paying in full thing, which we wouldn't have to do. We could just do a deposit and that would be fine. But (sighs) anyway, just thoughts I've had. I really can't wait. I really can't wait. Like, I really, really, really can't. But anyway, this is Kathy's story. I'm excited. First, I have to say, I just finished listening to your show with Donnie and just wow. Nikki, I don't know if you're my spirit animal, but you handled yourself with Donnie way better than I ever could have. Oh, thank you. Seriously, great job. And from an OG blockhead, thank you. You said everything I would have wanted Donnie to hear and you really represented all of us so well. Oh. That makes me happy. Thank you, Kathy. I'm not a podcast person at all and have only ever listened to two of them in my life. Joey's for obvious reasons and you guys. From the very first minute, I felt like we could easily be friends. To be honest, I haven't listened to many shows. Do you call them that? But the few I have, I loved. I use your hashtag on Twitter. Twitter, We are all Donnie girls because it is so true. And I, of course, bought a shirt to show support. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you. Um, I tell you all this because it has been almost a year that I've wanted to write in to you and share my story, but have avoided it until now. To say my life has been rough is an understatement, and I have never wanted to come across as if I'm using my hardships to get attention. Something about listening to you guys talk to Donnie changed my mind. I keep hearing this voice in my head saying, what if someone could use your story to help in their own life? So you can use or not use this, but I felt the need to tell it, and here it is. It's not chock full of new kids' interactions because I haven't had many, but the ones I have mean the world to me and have done for me what little else has been able to do. Thank you for taking the time uh, you do to read all of these. My story starts back in the late 80s, as does so many others. I was 12 years old the first time I set my eyes on New Kids on the Block when I saw the Right Stuff video. Jordan stole my heart in an instant and still has it to this day. Mine too. That was a confusing time for me. Preteen years are confusing for all of us. My parents were divorced. I didn't know my mother. She left when I was three, and I shared a room with my sister and my father in my grandmother's house. My father was abusive, and my sister and I lived in constant fear of when, if, he would fly off the handle. Something in those fresh faces on my TV gave me hope. They gave me an escape from the reality I lived in. I am very much a product of being raised by a village. The other grown-ups in my life did as much as they felt they could to give me comfort whenever possible. My father was a DJ, which is where I got my love of music, and the guy that worked for him had a day job, 
working for a manufacturer that made New Kids on the Block merchandise. Whoa. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. He was able to take samples, and since he didn't have any kids of his own and knew how much we loved the guys, he would bring us new items every weekend. So I, like so many of us, had the corner of my room plastered with posters. I had the phone and the big buttons and numerous other things. I didn't have the bedding. That was expensive and made by another company. (laughs) (laughs) I felt so lucky because I knew how easily it would have been for me to have none of it. I had a Walkman and listened to Hangin' Tough nightly. I lived for TV appearances, which I recorded and rewatched hundreds of times. I probably still have every move, every word, and even every mannerisms the guys made in the pay-per-view memorized. I haven't watched it in years, but I'm sure I still got it. The first time I had an opportunity to see them live was November 21st, 1990 at Nassau Coliseum. I had a friend who was going with her older sister. We were 14 at the time and her sister was 18. To say my father was less than thrilled about this entire situation is an understatement. He decided that rather than say no, he would make my aunt the bad guy. We couldn't afford the $20 ticket, but since the show was one month to the day after my birthday, I could ask her to buy it as my present and the decision was in her hands. He was banking on her not spending the money for something so frivolous. To be fair, it was pricey back then and she already did so much for us. Of course, she was no match for my persuasive, not to mention desperate self. I made some sort of deal with her that neither of us can recall now, and she bought me one of the best birthday presents I've ever received. As everyone can imagine, the emotions I went through leading up to the day of the show were beyond overwhelming. The show was better than I could have imagined. I don't have a lot of specific memories other than being amazed that I was breathing the same air as the guys were. We were in the same room. Granted, I was almost in the last row of the place and couldn't really make them out, but that did not matter. I was there. I rode that high for months following it. My teenage years went by as well as they could have under the circumstances, and through it all, NQOTB was by my side. Anytime life got hard or scary or uncertain, I popped in a tape and there was my refuge. Somehow, life felt okay listening to them or watching them or even thinking about them. I didn't get to see them again because I knew my first concert was a once in a lifetime opportunity when it happened. I started working not long after that, so I was able to purchase step by step and eventually face the music when they came out. I went away to college, which unfortunately only lasted a year, much to my father's delight. He made my senior year of high school as miserable as possible when he found out I was applying to live on campus. So yes, I was one of the girls that still loved the guys in 1994 and was overjoyed to have new music to listen to. When the guys broke up, I was hurt. I can't lie. I knew one day it would happen and honestly felt it coming, but it hurt all the same. I understood at the time and knew it was time for me to find my own way in the real world. I got my first full-time job at 19 and moved into my own apartment at 20. I had tons of friends and a life that made me happy despite my relationship with my father. I met who I thought was a wonderful guy at 21 and was married to him at 27. We paid for our own wedding, so it took us time to save for the day of our dreams. I thought I had my whole life planned out and was heading down the path I always wanted. Then one day, three years after we were married, he comes home and tells me his company is moving to Pennsylvania. It might have well been Timbuktu as far as I was concerned. I love being a New Yorker. I never wanted to leave, ever. I had this little piece of happiness I carved out for myself and it was all slipping away. If you've ever been a victim of abuse, you know how precious that is. He didn't have the ability to find a new job, and I knew I could, so we moved. 
I cried almost the whole way down, but being the trooper I am, I found a way to make it work. I even found a way to be happy. Two years after moving, we decided it was time to buy a house and start a family. We were successful with the first, not with the second, which turned out to be a blessing. But before that 2008 came around, I started hearing rumors about NKOTB getting back together. I went to their website and saw what every other diehard fan saw and nearly lost everything I had been holding together. I screamed and told everyone I knew what was going to happen. Not a single person in my life at the time cared, but I told them anyway. I was a grown-up now and had no intention of being the psycho fan I knew I could be. I did happen to leave out the part where I followed another band around for a while before leaving New York. I guess I wasn't so over-needing an escape from my real life. I just didn't see it at the time. Anyway, there was nothing and nobody that would keep me from seeing my guys in concert. I bought tickets for the Philly show and cannot begin to describe all the feelings it hit when they hit the stage. Hmm. Being transported is an understatement. The joy I hadn't felt in years was right there. Since I was in charge of buying the tickets, I was slightly closer this time, but not much. I had more fun that night than I had in years. I felt alive again. I had forgotten what they brought into my life. Looking back now, I see that they were the catalyst for what was to come. I decided my New Year's resolution for 2009 was to start taking care of myself again. A year and a half later, I got separated from my husband. You see where this is going. There were no angry fights, no cheating or lying. Our relationship fizzled into nothing. There are not enough proper words to explain how hurtful it is when your spouse doesn't notice you. I felt like a piece of furniture that cooked, paid the bills, did all the chores, ran all the errands, even mowed the lawn. Somehow my life wasn't mine anymore and it felt like nobody cared. If I was doing what I was supposed to do, everything was okay, except I wasn't. I didn't even know what happy was anymore or when I stopped feeling anything. Somewhere I stopped listening to the music I loved, new kids included, except for Christmas time. I have listened to that Christmas CD faithfully every mm-hmm. single year since it came out. I don't even care that they hate the cover. I think it's cute. Same. Anyway, being the nice person I am, I decided to keep the house that we were s- severely underwater for. I made more money than him and I could swing the payments on my own. Barely. We decided we were just going to transfer the mortgage to my name and he could walk away free and clear. Can anyone else see how this is a bad idea? That went through without a hitch, as does the divorce. I felt like I could breathe for the first time in more years than I even knew. Again, being the nice person I am, I helped him set up his dating profile and send messages to his current wife. Yep, you read that right. See, I had no idea how unhealthy I was. So much so that not long after the divorce was final, I walked face first into an abusive relationship that lasted four years. This guy was my father on steroids. He started out being the nicest, sweetest, most caring man I had ever met. He was everything my ex-husband wasn't and couldn't ever hope to be, or so I thought. He wasn't physically abusive, which sometimes I think can be worse. He somehow ended up with complete control over my life. My family and friends were terrified for me. I became a shell of a person. My life was entirely his. Everything I did, everything I said, everything I thought came from him. The worst part is I didn't see it. I thought this was normal. I thought we were in love. I thought we were happy. In the middle of that time, I was laid off from my job. That, of course, inevitably led to me losing my house. As you can imagine, none of that helped my self-esteem and was used as ammo for an abuser to keep me where he wants me. At some point during year four, I started wanting more from him. I wanted a commitment. I wanted to move on with our lives. Of course, 
he didn't see a need for this. So he decided to end our relationship a month before my 39th birthday. Now, this is not the first time we ended our relationship. It was always on and off, but we always ended up back together. I fully expected to hear from him on my birthday. I cleaned my house and got it ready for the night I knew was coming. I heard from both his sisters that day and knew it was only a matter of time. I ended up spending that birthday home alone, waiting all night for a phone call that never came. Somehow I managed to explain that away and still hoped he was going to show up the next day and the next week and even the next month. One day, not long after that, I found out a girl at work was going through a divorce with a man she called a narcissist. I didn't know what this was, so I looked it up. I found an article that I thought was going to be helpful for her, but as it turned out, changed my life. Right there in black and white was a detailed description of my entire relationship for the last four years. I didn't get upset. I got angry. I wasn't special. I was a a statistic. You see, up until that day, I didn't even know my father was a narcissist. I had never gone to therapy. I didn't even realize how much work I needed to do on myself. I wish I could say that was the day I turned my life around, but it wasn't. It took me a few more months to get over the shock and disbelief. I started reliving my life up until that point and realized all my friendships, all of my relationships have been built on this dysfunction and the common denominator was me. That was when I started my self-help journey. I went back to my three-year-old self and my very first traumatic memories. I learned how to write and how to listen to myself. Oprah taught me how to be grateful. If you ever do one simple thing for yourself, do a gratitude journal. Everything else falls into place when you learn how to be truly grateful for every little thing. We are now in May of 2016. I have been living in this bubble of pain and release for six months and one day looked at myself in the mirror in horror. I didn't know who that person was. I had gained so much weight. I didn't recognize myself. I went to the doctor and the report was not helpful. I was pre-diabetic. I was put on blood pressure medication and had all sorts of other things looming if I didn't make a change. I was 39 years old and way too young for all of this. That was a wake-up call if there ever was one. I decided the only way I was going to lose the weight I needed to lose was surgery. A drastic step I know, but sometimes that's what it takes. Now you may be wondering where the new kids were during all of this. Honestly, I have no idea. I was so wrapped up in fixing myself, I wasn't paying attention to them at all which I think is a good thing. I wasn't looking for an escape this time. So I spent the next six months of my life preparing for surgery. My 40th birthday came and went, and I spent that one at home alone again. My family couldn't make it that weekend, another long story, and I had no friends. I pushed them so far away during that last relationship, I didn't think I could salvage them. So fast forward to April of 2017. I'm four months out from surgery and down about 60 pounds, and all of a sudden here new kids are touring. I knew they had been throughout the years. I heard about the supergroup thing and saw them perform on TV, but that was the extent of which they were part of my life, other than Christmas, of course. I had already bought a ticket to see Luke Bryan by myself that September. That was what I thought was going to be the first time I go to a concert by myself. The new kids show near me in Philly was in two months. I asked my sister to go, but she declined because they were never her thing. She went along with it when we were kids, but it ended there for her, so I was stuck. I knew I had plenty of time to mentally prepare to go see Luke Bryan, but this was only two months away. I was going on vacation by myself for 4th of July and again had time to prepare before I made that decision. Then that little voice in my head told me to just do it. And KOTB was my very first ever concert. They should absolutely be the first one I attend alone. 
So before I had time to think too much about it, I bought a ticket. I bought a pricey ticket because, hell, I'm a grown-up, and after everything I've been through, I deserve it. That's the good thing about going alone. You have way more options when you only need one ticket. That's true. I got seventh row on the side of the stage. I was extremely nervous and excited at the same time. One thing I've learned to do is use fear to propel me forward. I refuse to let it stop me from doing things I want to do. So, yes, I'm afraid more than I'm not, but I always set out for what is that for what it is that scares me. More often than not, I'm scared for no reason, and that was the direction I was supposed to go anyway. So I set, I get to my seat and damn near stop breathing when I realize how close I am. I tear up when I think about how close I am going to be to these five guys I have loved for so many years. Now, mind you, I had spent the last two months since I bought the ticket buying every CD I'd missed over the years, from 10 to Jordan's two solo CDs and all of Joe's. I already had Jordan and Joe's first solo albums, of course. I actually... Of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. I actually forgot. I did see Jordan open for NSYNC in 1999 or 2000 at Jones Beach, which was surreal. But I digress. Hey, we saw him too. Yeah, we did. I was more than a little distressed when I realized how much I had missed over the years. I felt like a bad fan. No such thing. No, no such thing. No such thing as a bad fan. I felt like I abandoned my loves. I have to say I had the most fun going back and learning all this new music. What I didn't know was this was a world that came to me exactly when I needed it. The show was amazing. It was like nothing I've ever experienced. Jordan smiled at my camera for a picture I was taking. Joe posed as well. Donnie pointed at me. Okay, Donnie pointed at me for longer than he should have because I didn't think he was actually pointing at me. You see, the seat next to me was empty And it was pretty evident I was alone. And when he did it, I, of course, turned around to see who he was pointing at. When I turned back around, he was still pointing to what looked like me. So I awkwardly pointed back and he smiled and winked at me and then moved along. Oh, Donnie Wahlberg. Donnie. See, he takes a moment. He does. And it really affects people. You know what I mean? He's our. Our light in the darkness. He is. He really is. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, the girls next to me whipped their heads around to look at me, but I couldn't move. I was in shock. For a total of 10 seconds, I existed in their lives. And of course, as every single one of us knows, that feeling is euphoric and intoxicating. I was toast after that. I left that show feeling like I could do anything. I was forever changed. I could almost feel the world shift ever so slightly into place. After the show, I immediately did some research to find out where else they were going to be. I then bought a ticket to see them in Allentown. <laughs> hey, you, you got the bug. And you here got goes. the bug. I'm trying to convince Brooke to go to Atlantic City. <sighs> it's so hard. Oh, Atlantic City. Oh, it's Atlantic July 5th. City. Oh, Atlantic City with me, Nikki. I know, but you'll have like your family with you, too. That is true. And it's the 4th of July. But. And Sadie's birthday what, is that weekend. If we went down, my family wouldn't be with me and they would just come down and grab me that night instead. I don't think I can go. Darn it. This, this think time. About think about it. This time, one section over, but the first row. I just knew that was Joe's section, but try not to think too much about it. That night, I met my first new kid's friend, Deb. She is also a Jordan girl and is raising a second generation blockhead who were both sitting right next to me. 
Block party starts, and eventually here comes the guys. Joey jumps up on the barricade to our section, and I know I almost died right then and there. Hey, I would too. That song ends. He looks over and sees Deb's daughter and, of course, is immediately drawn to her. They start singing tonight, and he stops right in front of me and takes my hand. Yes, that is Joey McIntyre singing to me. All I remember thinking is how beautiful his blue eyes are, and then he winks at me. And what do I do? I let go. Yep, that's right. Here is this once-in-a-lifetime moment, and I got flustered and let go of his hand. After he gave me the strange look, he moved up on the section, and I lost focus. Well, it happens. I'm pretty sure my new friend was freaking out happily next to me, but I was concentrating on staying upright. To this day, I'm still friendly with Deb. She is one of the nicest people ever. That was also the night I found out about the cruise. This was to be the ninth one, and I had no idea about any of them. And of course, there is this little voice again. Go, it says. You've got to go. You've got to go. Everything happens for a reason. Just go. This time, however, I'm putting my foot down and not spending that kind of money. I only had a limited number of vacation days left since I just went away. Of course, the money is a major factor. I live alone. I have rent. I did some research and found out about Rock This Boat. Honestly, after watching the first season, I said, nope, not for me. But the damn voice wouldn't go away. It got worse. I hear it. I hear you. I hear you. Ah, me too. In the interim, I'm just trying to get through each day. Living in Philly is hard for me since I don't have a lot of friends and only my sister who lives an hour away with her husband. And she's pregnant, so life is changing exponentially for her. I then watch the second season of Rock This Boat and start thinking, maybe it's not so bad. Finally, I look to see when and how much it really is and knew immediately in my heart it was meant to be. See, after spending my 39th and 40th birthdays home alone, I promised myself come hell or high water I was never doing it again. As you might have guessed, my birthday was smack dab in the middle of the cruise. The trip was October 19 to October 23rd, and my birthday was the 21st. How could I not go? You had to go. So I booked it right then and there. I didn't even stop to think about vacation time. I didn't even think about getting the time off approved. I just did it because I knew that was where I needed to be. Of course it worked out because my boss was awesome. (laughs) She was going on vacation that week, but agreed to log on to our system the last two days to complete some things for me so I could go. As anyone who has ever gone on these cruises knows, it becomes a whirlwind of theme nights and preparation. This is exactly what I needed at this time in my life. I was navigating a new world after having surgery, learning how to eat, losing weight, and becoming a whole different person. I started saying yes to anyone that asked me to do something. I got closer to a couple women at work that are now lifelong friends. My aunt sent me a gift card to buy myself some new skinny clothes. My family was overjoyed, if not a little worried, about me getting on a plane and literally going to another country by myself, but mostly happy. If I would have told myself just a year prior what my life in 2017 was going to look like, I wouldn't have believed it. I joined a bunch of new kids Facebook groups and started talking to people and learning all about how this works. I was quite nervous about doing this by myself, but the more I read in these groups, the better I felt about it. Everyone here has the same love I do. So many people were so knowledgeable and helpful. I did roommate match and met my second new kids friend, Teresa, from California. I cannot rave about how nice everyone I came across was. My suitcase never made it on the ship. (gasps) What? What? So all my theme night stuff, not to mention most of my clothes, hung out in New Orleans for the weekend. Oh, that sucks. Everyone I talked to gave me extra theme stuff. 
bought me a drink, or just had a hug or encouraging words. I was upset, but decided not to let it ruin my time. That's good. I'm so sorry. Ugh. I made the best of it, bought some clothes on the ship, bought a bathing suit in Mexico, and did four loads of laundry in one weekend. Oh. None of it got me down. I wasn't about on a boat with my first loves and 3,000 new best friends. What's not to be happy about? I laughed and smiled more in those few days than I feel like I ever have in my life. This, for sure, is the real-life love boat. I met the guys and got hugs from all of them, then promptly walked out and cried my eyes out. The girls in my photo group, also now friends who I'm crazy about, were all so kind. They gave me hugs and were truly happy that I got to experience that. I met my next new kid's friend at Joey's meditation event. I love you, Joe. That was a bit much for us. We managed to stay quiet for 30 seconds. And now Jasmine and I are friends for life. I met my next new kid's friends in Mexico, Jane and Lashana. Thank you, Jane, for not being able to feel your face. That would shape next year's cruise. I just didn't know it yet. If you need to convince people to go on this cruise, just ask me. I cannot gush enough about it. I went knowing not a soul. I left without a single selfie, but with a whole bunch of awesome people. I'm hooked for life. About six months after the cruise, I decided to move back to New York. It was one of the most terrifying decisions I have ever made. This is the first time I made a major life decision simply because I wanted to, not because I had to or because of some other circumstances. Moving back is no easy task. Cost of living is double what I'm used to, and I still have to handle it on my own. I did decide to go on cruise 10 while still on cruise 9, so that was a no-brainer. I got lucky on booking day. Don't ask me how. It wasn't me. You all know the nightmares. Somehow, I booked my cabin in the first 10 minutes, then got back in and booked Lashana and Jane's for them as well. Unfortunately, Jasmine didn't make it to this one, but promised she'll be on the next. So this year, most of my time between booking the cruise and going was spent planning, applying for jobs, and interviewing in New York. I started spending more time with family and friends I hadn't been close to in years and rebuilding relationships I thought I lost forever. As luck would have it, I found a job at the last possible minute to get out of my lease and started that job the week after the cruise. I was nice and gave my company a month's notice and had my last day the Friday before. So yes, I went on the cruise, came back to work for three days, spent the weekend packing and drove up to New York Sunday night to start work on Monday. Whoa. Wow. My head is still spinning from that fiasco. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. This year, I went down to Miami a day before the cruise and made plans to meet up with Lashana and Jane. This year's roommate I found on Facebook before booking, and we got along so well, we booked together and spent all those months getting to know each other. Maria is my newest new kid's friend and a wonderful person. Maria was getting in later, so we didn't meet up until bedtime. In that first night, I found out why it was that Lashana and I needed to get on the ship. We are kindred spirits that I'm convinced knew each other in a previous life. We are destined to get into trouble together for years to come. This year's cruise was filled with experiences I could take another 10 pages writing. From getting my first new kid selfie with Danny before getting on the ship, to getting one with Joey at Sail Away. From John stopping to talk to mostly Lashana, but me too kinda, and two Donnie selfies. That's awesome. Then Jordan, my love. There were interactions with him daily, which got progressively better, culminating in a selfie on my birthday at GPS. I mean, what? Whose life is this? I've cried many happy tears since then. Moving back to New York has been a challenge. My, my new job isn't all it's cracked up to be. So I'm now interviewing for another one, which is not 
is so not what I expected to be doing at this time. It just goes to show that life isn't always how you planned it to be, but you can never stop living it. Never give up. Even when things look to be at their worst, don't give up. There were thousands of times I wanted to throw in the towel and crawl back into bed or just stop living altogether. Somehow I got through it. If I can go through everything I've been through and somehow be where I am and have experienced everything I've experienced, imagine what you can do too. And if all else fails, listen to new kids on the block. They have healing powers. Hey, maybe I'll see you on tour next year. Thanks for reading. Kathy. 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 That was amazing. That was crazy. You shared so much. You did. Personal stuff. And we appreciate that. And I think that what you said is 100% spot on. There might be somebody listening to this right now. Yes. That needs to hear your story because it's similar to their experience. Yes. And... They need to know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel and it's not a train coming at them. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you, Kathy. That was amazing. Okay. Wow. That was just like, wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, The next story we have is Jessica's two favorite guys. And this is a great story. This is a great story, Jessica. You know what you did. Hi, Brooke and Nikki. First of all, I want to say thank you for putting together a group of loving and uplifting people. It's truly a positive place that we can escape to to get lost in NKOTB stories and nostalgia. You are most welcome. Anytime. (laughs) Now on to the story of my two favorite guys. On December 13th, New Kids on the Block announced they would be performing on Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve. Insert Monica Geller's voice here. course i don't know this reference because have i gotten this far i don't know this reference oh yeah i don't i can't really place it okay sorry i'm just now watching friends for the very first time you finished it not yet where are you i'm on season nine you're close yes so close My head exploded and my heart sank at the same time. With my husband being a police officer in Times Square for the past 12 years, I was sure he could pull a few strings and get me up close and personal with the guys. But did I really want to leave my four and two year old kids on New Year's Eve and spend it with thousands of strangers in Times Square? After going back and forth with the idea of being away from my kids for the holiday, I decided to be the responsible adult and stay home. I told my husband that if it happened that he that. I told my husband that if he happens to run into Joey, he had to do three things for me. Number one, wish Joey a happy birthday for me. Number two, ask Joe to bring what I like to call the Joe show to New York, Hollywood Nights. And number three, for Joe to look up the hashtag Mission Interview Joey 2018. Jessica, I love you. I love you. My husband told me he would try his hardest, but didn't want to make any promises. Turns out he was escorting the new kids to and from the stage of their performances that night. He purposely kept this information from me because he didn't want me to get my hopes up in case he wasn't able to fulfill my requests. But boy, did he not disappoint. He got to Joey. He got Joey to record a video for me. See attached. The video came over to me via text 
and the scream and crying began. <laughs> the scro- Wait, the video came over to me via text and the scream crying began. <laughs> Joey said my name. Joey wishes I was there. Joey knows I'm a diehard fan. I needed to share this with everyone. I immediately forwarded the video to my cousin and fellow blockhead, Diana. When she saw the video, we were screaming into our phones with excitement. I don't even remember what was said. I was so excited. It's safe to say I watched this video over a hundred times. If this was a VH te- if this was a VHS, the tape would definitely be worn out by now. My husband was able to do the first two requests on my list, but he forgot what the hashtag was. I'm sorry, ladies. I tried. Just the fact that you like asked him to do that. Yeah. Like, thank you for that. And for real. by the way, I freaked out when I saw excuse me, I freaked out when I saw this. So we're friends on Facebook. Yeah. And I freaked out. I think I've seen this. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. So you guys have to go onto our website and and view the video, but we're going to play it here. I will forever cherish this video of my two favorite guys, as Joey puts it. Thanks for letting me share my story, Jessica. So here's the video. I'm going to cue it up. Hey Jessica, let me get some good lighting for me. You know I like good lighting. I'm, I'm wet. We just did, uh, look at me. I look, I got crazy hair. Aww. But you're, uh, you're two favorite Aww. guys right here. Wish you were here, but it's rainy and cold, so it's best that you're safe and warm and, uh, we'll see you everywhere. I guess we, you know, you, you're a die, die hard fan, so. Just wanted to say hi and happy new year and we'll see you soon. Might I just say, may I just say, Jessica, that your husband is a very handsome man. He's a very handsome man. We love a man in uniform. We, that is the truth. That is the truth. So just want to, just want to throw that out there. Very handsome man. Two favorite guys. Two favorite guys are very handsome men. Very handsome men. I love like the end of the video. Look at him smile. That's a genuine smile. Joey. This is so great. I, I love, love it them. so much. Jessica, you're amazing. You're awesome. You Thank are you awesome. so much for sharing that. That was so great. I love it. I love so it. Cute. I love it. I love it. All right. We have one more story. One more. And this is from our friend Alyssa. And I'm so excited because it's the third installment. Third installment of OG NKOTB Stories Part 3. Hello. Hello. All right. Dear Brooke and Nikki. Hello, ladies. It's Alyssa again with the next chapter of my new kids OG adventures. Yes. These adventures were literally life during my high school years. I just couldn't get enough. Clearly. In my last chapter, I highlighted my highs and lows with NKOTB during the holidays and basketball season. In this story, I fast forward to preparing for the Magic Summer Tour in 1990. Oh, yeah. This adventure was filled with close calls and shenanigans as my friends and I tried to get closer and closer to meeting our Fab Five. We moved from hopeless in love to major detectives to determine where the boys would be. Were you part of NKOTBCIA? Because if so, I would have loved to have been a part of that. NKCIA? NKCIA. That's good. I don't think I made it up. I think I saw it somewhere. Oh. So, this is New Kids OG Stories, Chapter 3, Magic Summer Tour, Come Hell or High Water. And I love how these are, like, titled. I do, too. Sold out in minutes. 
Picture this. It's 1990. New kids on the block are bigger and better than ever. A ticket to any of their shows is the hottest ticket in town, and the Magic Summer Tour is is announced. How in the world is this teenage girl going to score this ticket? She begs and pleads with her parents to let her spend the night in Sears and Roebuck strip mall to get in line the night before the tickets go on sale. Hashtag fail. Her dream is crushed. Well, at least for that moment. The big fat no I got from my parents to spend the night before the tickets went on sale at Sears was just the first disappointment in this tour experience. The second was the actual day tickets went on sale. Even though I got to Sears early, the line stretched from the doors at Sears all the way down to Zares. <laughs> Zares! Was this only a main store? I think so. I think it was like a Northeast New England thing. Which was essentially the whole strip mall. I was somewhere in the middle of that line, but still very hopeful that I would get those tickets. I just had to get those tickets after having a magical experience, pun intended, with the boys the summer before at OOB and then missing the concert at the Cumberland County Civic Center during last Christmas due to my basketball commitment. That day it felt like the wait was forever. The only way I can explain the feeling is comparing it to our experience today as we sit in front of our computers waiting for that long minute heard round the hashtag BH Familia between 9.59am to 10am when tickets usually go on sale. Anywho... As the doors to Sears opened, the adrenaline came rushing fast. However, the line barely crept forward. It couldn't have been more than five or ten minutes and the concert was sold out. There I was, having only moved up a few feet in line. I was empty-handed. No tickets. No Magic Summer Tour. Hashtag FOMO. 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 I don't know what that means. Fear of missing out. Oh, FOMO. My heart was torn out I'm of my so chest. I'm so excited I know something that you don't know. What? FOMO? I'm so excited. I have FOMO. I have severe. I never knew that there was a name for that. Yes. That's I why have, I can't sleep at night. I have severe FOMO. That's why I can't sleep because I'm Even afraid. when I was little, even yeah. when I was little, I would, I, that's the reason why I was stay. I'm afraid I'd miss out on that, something. That was my, I've had that my whole life, like ever since I can remember. You have FOMO. There's a there's a name for that now. I thought like I've seen that hashtag, and like around. I thought it was something like inappropriate. Oh, uh, but I didn't know what. You know oh, what I mean? Like one yeah. of those things. Like I'm not hip with the kids, <laughs> and they're talking about like bad things. <laughs> um, all I could think to myself was, "This is not possible." My only hope at that point was that one of my friends ahead of me in line got them and that she would have one for me and all of our other friends. Seriously, basking in disappointment and defeat, I slowly looked up and noticed Misty, our posse's Joe girl, creeping toward our group looking bewildered, but with a huge smile smeared across her beautiful face. All she could say was, I got him. I really got him. And they are in row B. <gasps> It turns out Misty's parents had agreed to let her spend the night at Sears. She was right in the beginning of that line. Misty scored the motherload of tickets we were all dying to get. If I remember, if I'm remembering it correctly, she was able to get six. Misty's sleepover saved the day. Misty, Amy, our Danny girl, A, our Johnny girl, S, our John girl, and I, our Jordan girl, would be having a magical summer. A's amazing mom would be our chaperone. July 26, 1990 at OOB Ballpark. Couldn't come fast enough. Do you want me to read the next part? Sure. Switch off? Okay. Oh, I got so excited that I kicked over the microphone (laughs) case. 
the Sinesta, is that what you, how you'd say it? Sinesta. Oh, the Sinesta Hotel. After getting the tickets, the girls and I, along with A's mom, ma- started making plans for the concert, even though it was months away. We knew that we were going to have to stay near OOB the whole time and that we were going to attempt, no, we were going to find NKOTB and meet them. Whatever intel we had at that time, which was probably word of mouth and newspapers, led us to make reservations at the, how do we say it again? Sinesta? Sinesta Hotel in Portland, Maine, the night before the show. The girls had heard that the boys had stayed there for the concert in December. We knew that if we stayed at the same hotel as the boys, the stars would surely align and we would leave, we would all leave coupled with our favorite new kid happily ever after, right? <laughs> Wrong. I think every other teenage girl in Maine and her crew had the same intel as us and made the same plan. Around check-in time, the day before the show, the Sinesta lobby was crawling with teenage girls and their chaperones. There was literally a sea of tightly formed cliques, topped with high hair and dressed in brightly colored clothes on every inch of the hotel floor. Nervous energy, with a hint of teenage angst, filled the air as every head turned with even the slightest movement. Every set of eyes was hopeful to get a glimpse of her Prince Charming prancing through the hotel doors. We were all ladies-in-waiting for a whole lot of nothing. (laughs) None of our princes arrived, unfortunately. As the afternoon turned to evening and evening fell to night, the crowd slowly thinned out as non-hotel guests were asked to leave. The girls and I were extremely bummed as our plan foiled before our eyes. In those days, we went into every experience with expectations which often led to disappointment. After setting into our room... After settling into our room and getting a bit refreshed, we decided that maybe, just maybe, we hadn't waited around long enough. This happened for NSYNC. Yes, it did. This this was us. (laughs) This was us when we were waiting for NSYNC. 2000. And everybody else had departed. Everybody else had left. And you and I went up to our rooms and we were like, you know what? Let's go back downstairs. Let's go back down. We have have our key. We can show our key. Let's go back downstairs. And guess what happened? Did they arrive? We saw like their tour manager. Oh, and their girlfriend. And the girlfriend. Because we rode in. That's when we rode in the elevator with them. Yes. And the tour manager was drunk and like spilled the booze. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. You. Ah, yes. Those are the days. And I think somebody. Didn't we meet some like roadies? Didn't we talk to a couple of them? Possibly. I don't recall. I feel like I remember having a conversation about getting on the tour bus. And they told us we could get on? Mm, no. They told us what girls do to get on. Oh, I think I remember now. And we were like, yeah, we're good. Yeah. No. And it wasn't like, it was like things you, yeah, no. It was just to see the bus. Like what they would do to see the bus. Yeah, we were all set with that. We were like, mm, we're good. No, thank you, old man hard pass hard pass after settling into our room and getting a bit refreshed i'm going to reread this we decided that maybe just maybe we hadn't waited around long enough we decided that giving up wasn't an option we headed back to the lobby to hang out other girls were still lingering as well but the atmosphere was more relaxed and comfortable as we were lounging and attempting to develop our plan for the next day we were approached by a very large and rugged man all dressed in black out of nowhere Hung proudly from his neck was a New Kids on the Block road crew lanyard. He'd clearly been out in the sun working all day as he was drenched with sweat and dirty. As you can imagine, 
Our antennas shot up when we noticed a lanyard. Smiling from ear to ear with a Santa Claus-like demeanor, this burly man introduced himself to us as Heavy J. Heavy J quickly joined our conversation, getting to know all of us, and quickly and bluntly let, let us know that the boys would not be staying at this hotel for the night. He was gentle and kind, and it was quite apparent that he had a lot of hots for A's mom. Oh, that's cute. That's amazing. And sorry, I said it was quite apparent that he had the hots for A's mom. (laughs) Heavy J pretty much hung out with us the whole night. My old brain isn't remembering much of the conversation, but my heart recalls having a blast. There was a lot of laughter and many surprises and hanging out with a new roadie friend. We were feeling pretty awesome as Heavy J was introducing us to the hotel employees and other crew members as a special guest. The best part of the night came as we headed to the top floor of the hotel, which was the lounge area for special guests. It had a club-like atmosphere, and I'm pretty sure anyone under 21 should not have been admitted. However, with our new special guest status, we were let in. For the record, as mom was with us the whole time. Wait. For the record, A's mom was with us the whole time. It was so cute how sweet heavy J was being to her. We danced and laughed and we're probably buzzing on Coca-Cola because you know, it sponsored the tour. <laughs> the most interesting part of the night is when we were joined by Rob Sachs, the new kids lead guitarist <laughs> at the club. For those of you that don't remember, Mr. Sachs rocked. He resembled a hairband sensation and his personality that night sure represented a rock and roll mentality. Rob was feeling good, very inebriated, but interactive nonetheless. He joined in the dance floor fun with our group and began to make the moves on A's mom. Heavy J stepped in as Rob went from friendly to over the top. Us girls didn't know what to make of his behavior and started to feel as if it was time to leave the club. A's mom was in favor of heading out as well. As Heavy J escorted us to the elevator, Rob followed us. He basically jumped in the elevator doors. He basically jumped in as the elevator doors were almost closed, stuntman style. It was a bit uncomfortable being in such close quarters. He was very difficult to understand at that point, but seemed like he was trying to get us or A's mom to come hang out with him once more as we hit his floor. After Mr. Sachs was given a hard no, he got pissed, jumped up, and punched a hole in the elevator ceiling. (laughs) Awkward. Thankfully, Heavy J intervened and showed him the way out of the elevator. That is awkward. That's really awkward. Punch the ceiling. I'm just like picturing this guy. Like, punch the ceiling. (laughs) Heavy J came back to our room. He was such a gentleman. There were lots more conversations as well as laughter. I don't remember any of the details talking about the new kids at all, which is very weird. But goes to show how the relationships you form because of them is equally as important as they are in the whole NKOTB experience. I do, however, remember Heavy J discussing sushi, wanting to eat sushi, or having leftover sushi. (laughs) I absolutely had no idea what sushi even was. Hashtag main problems. I never knew what sushi was until, like, we were older. I only knew of sushi from The Breakfast Club. Oh, that's right. That's all I knew of sushi until I was, like... 16? Like an adult. Yeah. Pretty much. And then had it. Yeah, the first time I tried it, I was in my 20s. Me too. So Me too. Yeah. Apparently, I lived a sheltered life in Augusta. I believe I thought I was cooked food and was made fun of. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. All right, this is part three, late to the show. Here we go. The next day, we headed off to Old Orchard Beach to find a room. How did we not have a reservation? We were prepared and ready for our night in Portland the day before. 
I remember this being a daunting task as finding accommodations randomly midsummer at the beach is usually impossible. We finally found a spot at the Beau Rivage Motel. Do you know where that is? I know right where the Beau Rivage is. Hey. It still stands there. Oh. Our 70s style room, it probably still is 70s style. Oh. With its mini kitchenette soon became Get Ready Headquarters. Rayon button downs, jean shorts, white scrunch socks, patent leather lace-up shoes, caboodles, curling irons, and Aussie sponge spray blanketed at any open space. We all got to work getting ourselves together, but it was a slow operation. Five girls and one mom with one shower. Let's just say we should have planned ahead. I was rather proud of my outfit. See attached picture. Top picture is me at the Sinesta Hotel. Bottom picture is me concert ready. Is there anything better than a rayon button down and jean shorts in 90 degree weather? Oh my goodness. We ended up leaving much later than we should have to get to the ballpark. Not only was it summertime at the beach, but there was also a concert, so traffic was not really moving. All I can remember after getting to the Old Orchard Beach ballpark is hopping out of the car while it was probably still moving and sprinting full tilt across the dusty parking lot as the show was starting. The perfect gentlemen were already on the stage and we were missing it. For the love of God. (laughs) This is the one you went to. This is the one that I went to. That's awesome. Cue the third and fourth disappointment of this tour straight ahead. As we were bolting toward the stage to what we thought were our Roby tickets, we were sent right back to where we came from. Reality check. Our tickets were actually row B in the second section back from the stage. Going from row two to, to row 28 was a hard pill to swallow. But considering I almost didn't get to go, I was thankful I was there for sure. We quickly settled into, in, we quickly settled into to swoon over the three little cuties on the stage and noticed Heavy J working in the sound booth behind us. He waved us over and asked us where the heck we'd been. He explained how he'd been looking for us because he was going to invite me to go on stage with the perfect gentleman for one of their songs. What? What? It was too late. Unfortunately, we were hashtag Donnie soon to the concert. Are you kidding me? I missed my chance. That was certainly a big buzzkill knowing I would have been in the backstage area. The rest of our night was filled with way more ups than downs. It turns out we were in the family section. I completely forgot about this until Amy, our Danny girl, went into her crates at home recently and reminded me about that detail of our story. She took pictures of pictures and texted whatever she could find to me. Amy's been great about filling in the blanks. She is my hashtag national treasure. See attached photo. We were able to meet Mr. and Mrs. Wood. Amy reported that had gotten Betty's autograph and regrets that she cannot find it. We met Alma and we think the McIntyres or at least Mr. Mac was there. See attached concert photos, young Alma and a few of the guys. Amy and I weren't sure if they were the Christmas concert photos or magic summer tour ones. Although I don't remember specific details about the concert itself, except for singing, dancing, laughing, and fangirling each and every moment leading up to the boys taking the stage is ingrained in my mind. It was certainly an experience that I will never forget and almost never happened given those dreaded few moments outside Sears. It actually, it's actually pretty awesome when you begin to put off your, when you begin to put your blockhead stories into perspective. How those moments in time are only very small pieces of my amazing blockhead puzzle. It really has been and always will be about all the moments that have taken my breath away. Part four. Magic Summer Tour, part two. 
The girls and I were very lucky that our experience with the Magic Summer Tour continued later that year in mid-December at the Centrum in Worcester, Massachusetts. Luckily, for some reason or another, I didn't have a basketball commitment. However, on the day of the concert, the highways from Augusta, Maine to Worcester, Massachusetts were blanketed with snow due to a horrendous blizzard. A's mom drove us all in whiteout conditions to the concert. Wow. Oh my gosh. Our parents must have been absolutely nuts to let us go, but they probably knew they we would have driven them nuts if they had made us stay home. The concert did not disappoint. I have photos of us holding a sign for the show, I think. See attached. During my Magic Summer Tour adventures, I never did get to meet the guys as originally planned. However, I was able to make more fond memories given my experiences. I bonded more with my friends, was a specialist guest of a super friendly roadie, and met some of New Kid's parents and got to see two shows. Not bad for a 15-year-old kid who had no idea how much the story would mean to her 30 years later. My only regret, besides showing up late to the OOB concert, was that I was never able to buy merchandise other than a program. My parents supported me going to the shows and paid for food and accommodations, but didn't believe in buying t-shirts. I am so thankful that last year I won a vintage magic summer tour tea and a Remember Betty auction online. Oh, that's awesome. Not only did I get the shirt I always wanted, but it also but it was also an I Cut Vegas custom t-shirt, a one of a kind cut for a one of a kind band. See attached pics of me and my favorite merch item. Don't mind my awkward squat pose in front of the Apollo. So that concludes chapter three. Thanks so much again for sharing my story. Lots and lots of BH love. Alyssa. I love Alyssa. I do too. She's awesome. She is awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your your stories with us. Thank you so much. Yes. And thank you everybody who shared their story with us today. For real, yo. We really appreciate that. You guys are awesome. You guys are so freaking awesome. Keep sending your stories. Yes. My so-called whatever at gmail.com. Yeah, we want your 80s and 90s stories too. Yep. And it topics. What, Topic ideas, what please. What do you think that you should, um, what we should talk about? What would Absolutely. you like to hear? Um, also, thank you so much for the little love notes that you send us. Yeah. We appreciate that. Absolutely. When you say, hey, I really like this episode. Or, hey, I really like it when you talk about this. We really like that. Thank so, you. Thank you. Tweets, Facebook messages. We love it. Yeah. So that's it. That's all for today, folks. We will uh, be loving you forever. Yes, we will. And uh, we will see you next time, next week. Same time, same station. Well, hopefully. Hopefully. If it's a little late, sorry. Yes. (laughs) All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.